But now let, let's get into the NATO summit meeting, the NATO summit meeting. Uh, last week, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization held a summit in Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania in Eastern Europe. Now, among many of my sources, before I get into the, the, the main takeaways of this, among many of my sources, and I do mean many, uh, a lot, there was this incredible hype built up. Uh, this, this summit was treated as the, the deadline by which Ukraine had to show some results in exchange for all the weapons and money that NATO, but really the United States, but NATO had given them. Now, as you've probably figured by me just now bringing up this summit after it happened, I did not see there being much to this meeting by itself. It was more of a, what's, what's, what's the takeaways? And I knew that I would have to extrapolate them because the West ain't what it used to be, unfortunately. So it was more of a wait and see thing for me because... The G7 summit flop, the 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 democ the great democracy summit. If you you remember that incredibly cringe thing that Biden did, where he had all the the leaders of democracies uh, on on a video call. That was a flop. Uh, the AUKUS deal flop. We're gonna build the quad flop. It's just it's one flop after the next. <laughs> we're we're gonna sanction Russia. That was a flop. Uh, we're gonna. Y'all, I tell you, we're going to put a price cap on Russian oil flop. Like, I've just lost so much faith in the ability of these people to institute any kind of sound policy that has any effectiveness at all. I've, I've just lost so much. I, I didn't believe that anything too meaningful would come out of this. I knew something would. I knew something would. I just, it was a wait and see thing because I couldn't really tell you myself so i just sat back and let it happen <laughs> but there was a, a lot of hype surrounding this uh as Na and you would hear people say oh ukraine has to achieve some kind of victory for at least the the, the pr win so the the media the propaganda press here can spin it into some great victory now i because because i did not share in that hype and i was sort of in the, the wait and see mode uh i viewed this meeting from the standpoint of unless nato was going to pull the plug and cut ukraine off entirely if it didn't achieve something worthwhile you know at least from a media standpoint because you, you know how the propaganda press loves its fake victories but unless it did unless they were willing to cut it off entirely from money and weapons then there would have been no consequences to Ukraine achieving nothing at all. That was how I viewed it. And now with the summit over, we can say definitively that there were, in fact, no consequences for Ukraine's consistent failure to achieve any strategic aim in this war. Now, there were clips of Zelensky getting really upset when it started to sink in that he was, in fact, not going to be led into NATO and that he's just been being led on this entire time with nato membership and because imagine you've been asking for nato membership for eight years suddenly you're at war with russia the very entity that nato's meant to fight all of nato is giving you money weapons equipment and all the the, the favorable press coverage that money can buy 
and then they invite you to their summit and you think this is it this is the moment that my that i've been waiting for finally i'm saved finally i can survive in some sort of exile as president even if we lose the war because it's nato even if they don't end i'm a nato member now you know or perhaps we'll if we become a nato member we can get the mighty united states to come in and fight the war for us because Let's be honest, nobody in NATO is depending on the other NATO militaries to come save them. They're depending on the United States. It's a scam for us. But imagine that. You've been waiting for this for eight years. You finally get invited to the summit during this moment where you are fighting NATO's biggest uh, enemy. And they give you the cold shoulder. There was that that terrible... I, I almost said terrible in, in line with my uh, my sources, but really, uh, I, I didn't necessarily view it as terrible. I viewed it as hilarious. Because the, the, there's no way you invite this guy to your summit after giving him all the press coverage in the world. They, they treated him like a darling. And then when they have him at this summit, you have that picture where he's just standing by himself and everyone else is just shaking hands and high-fiving each other. And it's 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 hilarious. It's hilarious that that situation even abounded, but there's no way you invite this guy just to leave him out in the cold like that. I found that absolutely hilarious. It was very comedic, but uh, what was NATO going to do? You you went through all this trouble to get into NATO. Here's the big moment, and then they tell you, be grateful for what you've gotten. Now, granted... We here, you know, we, the public, are not allowed to tell the Ukrainians, be grateful for what you've got, now leave us alone. We're not allowed to say that. We're, we're constantly fleeced for more money and weapons and more support for Ukraine. But here these people are, the, the, the poster children for beggars, to, uh, the poster children for donation drives, because the massive donation drive given to Ukraine a lot of it gets laundered back, but let's not pretend that none of it makes it to Ukraine. A good portion of the, all that stuff does make it to Ukraine. And these people who went through all the trouble of beating us over the head for not standing with Ukraine are not standing with Ukraine. You don't get NATO membership. Suck it up. Now go back and fight the Russians. That's essentially what they told them. That's, that's, uh, that is... All you need to know that that's what they told me. there was over if I could break down the multiple days worth of actual hours of footage of this summit because it was over two days and there was a lot but if I could break it down into its most important parts Ukraine is not gonna be let into NATO and that's that's the kicker they're not gonna be let into NATO but you, but NATO is going to continue giving money and weapons to Ukraine. Like we could have guessed, based on how this has gone this entire time. It's both, um, it's both an important detail to know, as well as uh, so predictable that it's almost not important. Because if Ukraine's at war, you can't admit a country that's at war into NATO, unless you break you break the tradition, which these people weren't necessarily above doing, but. They chose to stick with the tradition. And it's not like they were going to cut Ukraine off. So, again, nothing has changed. 
literally nothing has changed. We're, we're going to keep giving money and weapons to Ukraine, and Ukraine's going to continue to not be a part of NATO. And that's it. So it's... I don't know if I should call it a nothing burger. I, I don't know if I should. I, I don't think that'd be appropriate, but literally nothing has changed. I think the affirmation that nothing has changed is the biggest the, the biggest detail to come out of this, but... Uh, gee, I almost feel like calling it a nothing burger now that I'm now that I'm talking about it. But it's it, it was predictable. It was predictable. I could have seen it coming a mile away. I really could have. But yeah, unless they were going to cut Ukraine off completely, then, then there was no consequences whatsoever for them not achieving any strategic aims. Like let's let's run through the list of all the strategic aims that Ukraine has not gotten. Let, let's go through this, the list of Ukraine's failures over the course of this war. We, 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 we won't even get into the acts of terrorism or nuclear terrorism. We'll, we're just going to look at the war. Just going to look at the war. Russia still occupies 20% of Ukraine's territory. Ukraine lost the Battle of Bakhmut, the most well-defended city we've seen so far in this war. And they lost nearly 100,000 men doing so. They didn't destroy or take out of commission the Kerch Strait Bridge. Uh, I said we weren't going to mention the terrorism, but I feel like that was a, that was an actual strategic move. So, you know, we'll, we'll just say that there was the Ukrainian government and call it a day. <laughs> they tried and failed to take out the Kerch Strait Bridge, which would have severed Russia's uh, tie to Crimea via mainland Russia, not with the the territory they've taken from Ukraine. They failed to destroy the bridge. They failed to take it out of commission. Not, not even just destroy it, take it out of commission. They failed to do that. They haven't retaken Crimea like they were all hyped up to do when we were talking about the offensive before it began, back when we were still calling it the spring offensive and they were making their plans, drawing lines on the map. They haven't, taken, they haven't retaken Crimea. They haven't retaken any of the oblasts that Russia has taken from them. Ukraine is in danger of having of not even having a foothold in the Donbass anymore. We talked about how Russians have been pushing them out of the Donbass, even as the Ukrainians were attacking uh, with this counteroffensive. They've barely bled the Russians over the course of the entire war. Barely bled them. BBC puts Russian losses at around 24,000 normal fatalities and those are just counting deaths normal fatalities in war the russians say are 25 percent so 24,000 is is in line with that 24 percent fatality rate well that means the russians are at most somewhere around 100,000 casualties in total with only 24,000 of those dead while ukraine is pushing half a million to three quarters of a million depending on whose numbers you want to take. They haven't bled the Russians. They objectively just have not. And what they got, again, the, the, the few tens of thousands to 100,000 potential losses for the Russians, what the Ukrainians got came out a massive loss to themselves. Again, half a million to three quarters of a million and counting, depending on whose numbers you want to take. And of course, their long-awaited and long-anticipated and very much hyped-up counteroffensive 
that they've been belt fed more equipment to carry out. They got a massive injection of artillery and artillery shells and, and armored vehicles and tanks to carry out this offensive. And they blew it away in, in days with almost nothing to show for it. They've gone, it's gone nowhere. And it's certainly nowhere good for Ukraine. It, hundreds of tanks, hundreds of armored vehicles, dozens of artillery pieces. And as of now, 20K plus additional casualties. Some people put the number as high as 25,000. I'll just lowball it to 20,000 because they were at, they were at, they were pushing 15,000 on week two. 15,000 casualties. We're a month and a half into this thing. 20,000 is a conservative estimate. That's that's what they've gotten in exchange for all the money and all the weapons and all the equipment and all the aid that we've given. All this and they haven't not a single Ukrainian soldier has they 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 have yet to come within eye shot of that first line of Russian heavy fortifications. They haven't broken through the Russian front line to get to the defensive lines because the defensive lines are in the back. Ukraine hasn't even seen them yet. And the Russians have three of them. So looking at all of the failures of Ukraine's military, uh, unless NATO was willing to cut them off entirely, there were going to be no consequences for Ukraine not achieving anything. And yet, despite all of that, again, all those losses, all those failures, ab- abject failures, yet despite all that, NATO has, again, reaffirmed that it's business as usual. We're going to continue giving you money and weapons and equipment, and Ukraine is going to continue fighting Russia. The problem, however, is that the, the vaunted West, the vaunted West, has nothing left to give. We'll get into that in a minute as well. Uh, I like how all these segments are just flowing into each other quite nicely. But the, Von- the West has nothing left to give. NATO has nothing left. Why? Because the United States has nothing left. It's a, Let's just be completely frank. Let's keep it one buck and 50. It's just us. It's just us. Uh, we ain't got nothing left to give. And we'll talk about that. We're all out. And Ukraine's out. If we're out of of weapons and Ukraine is blowing what we gave them in a matter of days, the second Ukraine runs out, if we have nothing left to give, then both of us are out. Both of us are ass out in the wind. And that's where the Ukrainians are about to be. And the Russians are going to be standing there with the artillery, fully content to just fire away on you. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a slaughter. Ukraine is, uh, excuse my French, but they're fucked. They're fucked. They might just be even more fucked now than they were uh, last year. When they, they might be more fucked than they were when the Russians came in and they said no to that peace treaty. It's, I... I don't, I don't know what to say. They've lost so much. They are... Uh, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know 
what McGregor's new casualty figure is, what Scott Ritter's new casualty figure is, what RFK, what his casualty figure is, because either they're all listening to each other or they're getting info from uh, different sources that are giving them the same number. And if that's the second case, oh my goodness, because their casualty estimates are routinely ahead of mine routinely like you you know me i'm behind by uh at first it was just by one hundred thousand losses now i'm behind by multiple hundred thousand casualties i don't want to know what the new estimate is i don't want to know i'm still at the they're somewhere between 400 to five hundred thousand losses they're they're, those those folks they said 300 to 350,000 dead and since the deaths are half the losses, that means 700 to 750. Well, that means 600 to 700,000 losses. Ukraine is pushing three quarters of a million losses. And who is left to fight the war? They're, they're dragging men off the street to go fight the war. Millions of Ukrainians have left. And millions more will leave when the front line collapses and they just can't establish a defensive line again. When they just run out, they just don't have the men to man the line in a strong enough way. Like, sure, you can you can technically have a front line where every man is covering 50 miles or every man is co- covering 25 miles. But what is that really a front line or... It, on paper, or is that a front line in reality? It's a front line on paper. They can have a front line. They can mount some resistance across the board. But we're going to get to a point where that resistance is quite literally futile with the rates of loss that Ukraine is suffering. Uh, and NATO is out of weapons. And that might be the biggest thing to come out of this summit, which is the admissions of weakness by NATO member states, which is that they have nothing left to give that they're going to continue. And that's sort of the, the paradox here. We're going to continue giving you aid and military equipment, but you look at the the numbers. It's just, it's fallen off a cliff. Now it, this offensive wasn't just Ukraine's hail Mary. It was NATO's hail Mary because you NATO funded and armed NATO supplied this offensive. It was NATO's hail Mary. And now NATO has not, they can't. They're going to give them whatever scraps they have left to give the Ukrainians. So they will continue giving them and they'll continue giving them money. But in terms of actual equipment that the Ukrainians can use, they're tapped dry. NATO is tapped dry. The United States is damn near tapped dry. So now that we just wait for the, the bitter end. Because Ukraine's going to fight to the bitter end. Ukraine's not going to be allowed to make peace. No, that's another sort of implied takeaway from this summit. Ukraine's not allowed to make peace with Russia. So what's happened with this summit, and I think that this, this might actually definitively be the biggest takeaway from the NATO summit, is that Ukraine, on top of not being given NATO membership, on top of not being given a, a pathway to NATO membership, Ukraine is expected to continue fighting Russia, which means that the biggest thing to come out of this summit is that we have not guaranteed the security 
of Ukraine, we have instead guaranteed its destruction through a continuous war with Russia. This, this very overhyped summit meeting and even more overhyped alliance, it has, it's ended just as anticlimactically as I have come to expect. And honestly, I could probably sum up this entire meeting in just three words and save everyone the trouble. Just three words. Impotent, ineffectual, and inconsequential. That's what NATO is. And honestly, I can't wait to be rid of it. Good riddance. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.